Greetings to all of you, uh, wherever you are joining us from. Welcome to this um, webinar where we will be launching the CGIR initiative on fruits and vegetables for sustainable and healthy diets. It's really a very timely initiative if we think of all the discussions that went on last year on uh, the UN Food Systems Summit, where we are looking to link our food systems to healthy diets and have that actually be a deliverable. But although we have the common um, advice that we get to eat more fruits and vegetables, this has been a very difficult recommendation to attain. And it doesn't matter what setting you are in, all across the globe are failing to meet the recommendation of 400 grams of fruits and vegetables every day as WHO indicates. We face a number of challenges in terms of uh, reaching this goal. And these are multifaceted, including problems of availability, accessibility, including affordability. And when the, the, when the fruits and vegetables are available, usually people cannot afford them. Then of course, we have other challenges of uh, food environments not being conducive to attaining the 400 grams per day, let alone doing so uh, with safety, with food safety um, as, an, as an item of value also. And indeed, if we then start looking at other contexts, for example, low middle income uh, countries, then traditional fruits and vegetables should come into play. But for all this, really, it calls for an, a research initiatives that looks at fruits and vegetables and making them accessible in a holistic way. Uh, approach. And so this initiative that looks at this issue from production to consumption is really something that we need. Um, before I go further, I would just like to uh, remind you all that we would actually like to hear from you. So we want you to participate in the Q&A session that will follow after the presenters have spoken. And we ask you that you submit your questions uh, on ifpri.org, uh, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, YouTube, or by using the hashtag um, AskIfpri on Twitter, because these are all the platforms that we are using. And no doubt, uh, many of you will be joining from the different uh, platforms that we have got. We have some really, um, a really stellar group of um, speakers today. Um, and I will introduce them as we progress. And I would like to start first uh, by introducing myself because I forgot to do that. Uh, my name is Namkolo Kovic. I am Director General's representative to Ethiopia for CGIAR's International Livestock Research Institute, and I'm based in uh, Ethiopia. Our first speaker to give us the 
the CGIR context that we are now operating in with the transition that we are in is uh, Dr. Yo Swinen. He's the Global Director for the CGIR Systems Transformation Science Group and is also the Director General of IFPRI. Uh, Yo, please proceed. Thank you very much, uh, Namukolo. Thanks so much for this introduction. I think you already pointed out some of the key uh, challenges that we face in the world and, and why this initiative is so important. Um, let me first, before I, I, I just put together a, a few slides of how the initiative fits in the overall system transformation or the whole CIR research portfolio. Um, let me just say a few words in terms of, of where we are. Um, we have, uh, we are in May uh, 2022, I'm, I'm sure you know that, but it's uh, it's about a year ago that we started really in full force to design the initiatives, to design the research portfolio, and to um, start working on the in individual initiatives with teams, with uh, um, <clears throat> initiative design teams, and putting together the leadership of these, and then uh, all the people who are staffing the teams since then, it's been a very intensive process of uh, developing the uh, the initiatives. I'll talk a little bit about the triangulation uh, model here in terms of preparing budget, in terms of preparing staffing, etc. And so, since January one, we are working on getting the first ones going. We had approval of the second batch of initiatives in uh, March, April, and so these are implemented now. So it's a really important step, and I know that all the people on the teams actually are very eager to get going and, and to make this uh, uh, go forward and to actually get down to action uh, after all the writing and the reviews and, and the comments, etc. Uh, so congratulations on the team as well of, of having made it here, of all the work that has been done already, and also everybody around the teams who have worked with them, uh, particularly also people from, from the, the funders, the people who are investing in things, and the stakeholders in the region who've made a very important contribution as well. Let me briefly go through a couple of slides as introduction. So on the first slide, you know, it's <clears throat> what we are seeing, we're in, we're in a very particular uh, phase in history, if you want. So roughly the period between 1990 and 2015, the 25-year period, we've seen a, a consistent reduction of poverty and uh, improvement of food security in the world, and that has come to an end. So since then, we've seen a reversal of the improvements in uh, food security. So food insecurity, malnourishment is on the rise. And so the left-hand panel uh, <clears throat> illustrates this with data, the hunger data from, from FAO. Once you look into more um, other types of indicators, which are a bit more demanding in terms of, of healthy diet, access to healthy diets, uh, micronutrient deficiencies, uh, obesity, uh, et cetera, the numbers are much worse than that, okay? So we are in a dire situation. We are actually on, on, the, on, the bad, uh, on a bad trajectory, a reversal of the good trajectory we had been on for 25 years. And so that means that we really have to deal with it. It's a very urgent issue as well. And note that these numbers only go up to 2020. So um, basically the, the big impact from uh, COVID and now from the food crisis, food price rise in the world are not even uh, incorporated in these. Next slide, please. The way we have uh, our, our research portfolio within the CGIR system for the, 20, for the next decade is organized 
is, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of you know this already, is really we have three main uh, science groups, the System Transformation Science Group, the Resilient Agri-Foods Initiative Science Group, and the Genetic Innovation Science Group. And in each of these science groups, we have a number of initiatives. And then we have some initiatives, the regionally integrated initiatives, where basically capacity, skills, knowledge, uh, and disciplines from the three sciences come together and focus on specific regional uh, issues. Next slide, please. On the uh, the way these initiatives have been uh, developed, also uh, very much the, the fresh initiatives which we are launching today, is that it's a combination of input from the scientists in terms of what are the things that we need to research, we, where the, the knowledge gaps from funders who are interested in these things who think this is really an important issue, important challenge in the world where they want to invest in. And of course, the demands from the local stakeholders, the people we try to help or we intend to, to make a contribution to, whether they see uh, what they see as their main challenges and the main things that our research should contribute to having an impact and the innovations there. Uh, so that's what this, uh, what all the initiatives, how they have worked together, this triangulation process, if you want, and this is a, 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 a very similar, very certain also in the, the fresh initiative. Next slide, please. The uh, <clears throat> this is the the my last slide, kind of summarizing how fresh fits in the overall portfolio. We know that fresh has uh, is basically situated. Importantly, within system transformation, but also within the, the RAFs initiative. So it bridges the gaps between those two things. It's very much a cross border, if you want, and, and, and crossing the, <clears throat> the, the border lines there, which we do not want to have. So within system transformation, we have uh, 12 initiatives. They are roughly organized along the five impact areas that we want to address. And so all of the initiatives essentially address the, the impact areas, all of them, but they have, of course, uh, some of them are more focused on some on specific in, um, impact areas. And clearly the, the fresh initiatives together with the, the mm. this shift initiative, which is on uh, healthy diets uh, and the sustainable healthy diets are focused very much on the nutrition, health and food security impact area. I mean, needless to say that and so uh, I should uh, do have a, for a final word, final word of thank you on our colleagues from World Fetch, which we have uh, collaborated very intensively in the design and now also certainly in the implementation of, of this initiative. And so I look very much forward to the presentations today, the discussions and seeing uh, moving this forward. So congratulations again on everybody involved and um, over to you. <clears throat> thank you very much, Yo. Um now I would like to uh, introduce our next speaker who will uh, give us an overview of the FRESH initiative. And this is Diana Olney, who is leading the initiative. And uh, she is a senior, research, um, a, a senior research fellow at the International Food Policy Research Institute. Diana, over to you. Thanks, Ramakala. So, yeah, thanks for that introduction and thanks you for the overview of the system transformation and where FRESH fits in with the other initiatives um, within systems transformation and RAFs. Uh, like you, I want to thank all of our partners who worked on developing this initiative. We have several CGIR partners as well as other external partners, and importantly, as you mentioned, the World Vegetable Center who co-led the development of this initiative. 
Um, on this slide, I've also highlighted our current leadership team who have worked very hard to get this initiative up and running. So a special thanks to all of them. The key challenges that the Fresh Initiative aims to address are those highlighted by Norma Colo in her opening remarks. And specifically, we know that the worldwide intake of fruits and vegetables is far too low, and this is affecting nearly every country in the world. And this is contributing to poor quality diet, in turn, high prevalence of malnutrition, and diet-related non-communicable diseases. And these include things like micronutrient deficiencies, overweight and obesity, diabetes, heart disease, etc. The key barriers that Nicole also alluded to that are affecting increasing intake or preventing the increased intake of fruits and vegetables revolve around four main areas, which this initiative aims to address. The first is availability. We know that the gap between supply and demand is very large, and this is due in part to post-harvest losses, which on average are about 40% and can be much higher in different contexts. There's also issues related to accessibility, where we know that safe, diverse fruits and vegetables are often not easily accessible to everyone. And this is especially true for marginalized groups who often have very limited access to safe, affordable, and diverse fruits and vegetables, especially when you're looking across the year. Sometimes seasonally, there are things that are very available and accessible, but often if you look year-round, there are definite dips in availability and affordability of fruits and vegetables. Another issue is affordability. So even when things are available and accessible, as we mentioned, they may be not accessible and affordable for everybody. And that's especially true for those living in poverty or with lower incomes. The cost of safe, diverse vegetables are often very high, and especially relative to staple crops, and in some cases, highly refined processed foods, which are detrimental to diets rather than supportive. <clears throat> lastly, even when fruits and vegetables are available, accessible, and affordable, there's also issues related to desirability and what people choose to eat. We know that the choices about what people choose to eat are very complex and are often driven by factors such as cost and health considerations, but also importantly, things like convenience, time, image, palatability, and culture, which can also override concerns about health and in some cases even costs. So in order to increase fruits and fruit and vegetable intake, we need to address all of these barriers along the value chain. Currently, research in these areas are sparse and fragmented, and the FRESH initiative aims to address that along with addressing directly the barriers to increasing intake of fruits and vegetables. The FRESH initiative is going to use an end-to-end -end approach, a holistic approach aimed to improve intake of fruits and vegetables specifically, and in turn, diet quality, nutrition, and health status. We are aiming to start with consumers to understand dietary patterns, current intake levels of fruit and vegetables within the context we're working in, how those relate to nutrient gaps and deficiencies, and how fruits and vegetables can be used to fill those gaps. At the same time, we'll be working with closely with farmers and other value chain actors to understand constraints to increasing availability of affordable, safe, diverse fruits and vegetables, well, especially on the vegetable side in the first three years. Our primary aim is to improve the intake of fruits and vegetables and in turn nutrition and, and um, health. But at the same time, we also wanna work on reducing poverty, empowering women and youth, and addressing issues related to climate, 
and environmental health and biodiversity. Together with our partners, we will work to understand the constraints along the value chain and with the consumer behaviors and diets and co-design and eventually evaluate innovations, interventions, policies and programs to address those constraints along the value chain. Once we identify successful approaches, we will work with our partners to scale and replicate those approaches within the, our focus countries and beyond. The activities for FRESH fall into three main areas of addressing those four constraints. On the supply side, we're working to increase availability of fruits or of vegetables and decrease costs. Within the supply side activities, our primary target groups are farmers and other value chain actors, especially women and youth. Their supply side activities fall into three main categories. The first is working on improving access to far for farmers to quality seeds for vegetables, working on developing and, and advancing pest and disease resistant varieties that are more tolerant to climate extremes, and working to conserve and use biodiversity to source traits for new crop cultivars. At the end of the first three years, we expect to have reached 10,000 farmers, about half of which would be women, and help them to adopt improved climate resilient vegetable cultivars that align with consumer, farmer, and other value chain actor preferences. As you all mentioned, there are five main impact areas, and each of our sets of activities aim to contribute to those impact areas, but to different degrees. And so at the bottom of each of these next few slides, I've kind of indicated the, the, the emphasis of the specific activities in terms of the ultimate impacts we hope to achieve over the full nine to 10 years of this program. The second set of activities within the supply side interventions is to work on increasing production diversity and sustainable production. We have the same target groups and the focus on increasing availability and decreasing costs. But with our production activities, we want to aim to reach 10,000 farmers, again, half of which would be women, and work with them to adopt safe and sustainable vegetable production practices with the aim of increasing year-round supply of vegetables and in turn, increasing incomes for farmers and addressing many of the other impact areas that are the focus of the CGIR. Lastly, within the supply side interventions, we have activities that will revolve around improving post-harvest processing and also food safety. Across all of these activities, we will be looking to work on the policy environment to create an environment which is supportive of increasing production and supply of fruits and of vegetables, working with our national uh, partners. The outcome for these uh, activities within this group of activities is to work with private sector partners to co-design and pilot innovations to reduce post-harvest losses and to improve food safety. Here we have a very important partnership with the private sector so that we can work to actually scale these innovations once we find successful ones. <clears throat> Next, as Namakula mentioned, we'll also be working on the food environment directly. And our focus within the food environment is to work on increasing accessibility and affordability of fruits and vegetables. Within this work, our primary target group is marginalized groups. We wanna make sure that we are able to work with the poorest of the poor to help them 
increase their accessibility and ability to afford diverse, safe fruits and vegetables. In this set of activities, we'll be addressing challenges related to affordability and equities created by current food systems. Food promotion, thinking about things related to advertising and competing with advertising for highly processed foods and finding ways to promote consumption of uh, fruits and vegetables. Looking at food retail, so looking at food environments and, and laws related to zoning and, and things that can be you know, tweak to make environments more conducive to healthy diets, such as like foods that are available around schools, for example, or in slum areas, so that we can try to influence the food environments and access the fruits and vegetables through retail interventions. The next is on food provision. And with that, you know, an example would be to increase or improve institutional school meal quality through working with our national partners and other program implementers to improve the food that is provided through government-supported programs and others. And then like with the supply side, also working on the policy environment more generally. For this set of activities, the primary outcome is to work with key actors to make sure that they are, to help them become actively engaged in designing and testing interventions to increase accessibility and affordability of fruits and vegetables. And here, the more direct impacts would be on nutrition, health, poverty reduction, and gender equality, youth, and social inclusion. Lastly, we'll work directly on the demand side. So working directly with consumers and other stakeholders to increase the desirability and also, again, the affordability of fruits and vegetables. Our primary target groups in this set of activities will be young children, adolescents, and women in the first three years. And we'll be primarily addressing the direct challenge of poor quality diets and addressing the different reasons why people may not be increasing fruit and vegetable intake aside from those issues that are being addressed by the supply side activities in the food environment. So once we're thinking about having an environment in which fruits and vegetables are more available, accessible and affordable, working with consumers to encourage them to actually eat those fruits and vegetables Oftentimes, when people increase their income, they often decrease the quality of their diets in different ways. Not always, but sometimes. And I think that is contributing to this increase in the double burden of malnutrition and increase in overweight and obesity. And so through the Fresh Initiative, we want to work with our um, partners to identify ways to support increased intakes of fruit and vegetables and overall diet quality. The outcome for this set of activities will be to work with key actors and have them actively engaged with us in designing and testing interventions to increase fruit and vegetable in intake, which address all the different factors that have been mentioned. And here is the most direct link to addressing diets and intake of fruit and vegetables, nutrition and health through this set of activities. Our four focus countries for the first three years will be Benin and Tanzania and Africa and Sri Lanka and the Philippines and Asia. In addition to the specific value chain related outcomes, we also have national level outcome of wanting to work with national level actors to increase the prioritization of fruits and vegetables and to work with them to institute national level and local level laws and regulations aimed at increasing fruit and vegetable intake, production, food safety and equity within their food systems. 
At the global level, we'll be creating a fruit and vegetable knowledge hub. And it, in the first three years, we aim to reach 10,000 individuals that will access, that we would like to access this knowledge hub and use it as a resource for fruit and vegetable learning, research, and innovations. Just to end with giving an example of what this fresh end-to-end -end approach may look like within a specific country, we'll use the example of Tanzania, where most of our activities will start in the first year. In Tanzania, we plan to start with two production hubs around Arusha, where the World Vegetable Center has a headquarters. We'll be working on those value chains, which can be short, medium, or long value chains, feeding into the food environments and looking at how that the increase in supply is affecting those food environments, and then working with our local stakeholders to find ways to directly influence the food environments through the ways that were already mentioned. And then at the same time, within each of those food environments that are being fed by the production activities, we'll be working with the consumers to increase diet intake of fruits and vegetables directly, alongside working with the farmer households that are participating in the production side activities. So lastly, I just want to thank everybody who's made this initiative possible, our donors, the technical advisor group, our colleagues, the communications team, the graphics design team, as well as all of our participants today. Thanks, and back to you, Namakolo. Thank you very much, uh, Diana. Really an end-to-end -end approach that you have outlined uh, for us. Uh, the question, though, that comes to mind is, um, why this? Why this particular approach? Um, why is the fresh end-to-end -end approach different and how is it important? And to answer questions related to this, I will uh, field some questions to uh, some of our speakers, starting with uh, Laura Monroe, who's advisor of Agriculture Research Team at the Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office uh, of the UK uh, government. She's also a livelihood uh, specialist. Um, Monroe, my question to you is, listening to Diana in terms of what she has articulated about the fresh approach, the end-to-end -end approach, how does this actually uh, differ from approaches that you're familiar with in the past. Over to you, Laura. Thank you. Yeah, so I think Diana has, has set out a really exciting agenda uh, looking looking over the next couple of years. Um, and she's also set out how vegetables are a critical nutrient source and a healthy diet, but they're also underconsumed in almost every region of the world. Um, and this is due to a series of complex systems, market and governance failures, and then further worsened by climate change and natural resource constraints. So there are many, many factors that are interlinked and compounding this issue. And I think the end-to-end the -end approach is, is really unique and, and um, critical because it can adapt, um, identify bottlenecks across the value chain. So this could include, um, for instance, where we need new fruit and vegetable varieties that are more climate resilient or nutrient rich. It could include uh, identifying where the barriers are to take up um, of sustainable production of these new varieties or challenges in post-harvest storage and processing um, and trying to reduce food loss, uh, as well as barriers to consumer demand. So I think the end-to-end -end approach recognizes that there are many uh, critical bottlenecks that may be constraining consumption. And the, the wider mandate, I think, that FRESH has um, means that we can 
uh, for instance, with um, if we just address one one of these bottlenecks, we won't be changing that system. So if if we improve breeding, um, the benefits may not always trickle down to to where we um, are looking to see the impact with with consumption. But if we bring together the expertise across the value chain and coordinate these efforts within the CG and beyond, including with World Veg, we have the potential to really shift um, the course of fruit and vegetable consumption in low-income countries. And in particular, I think an, an end, end approach allows us to identify which R&D solutions are the most effective and the most cost-effective when implemented at scale and what packages of interventions um, are often needed to go together in order to maximize impact. Thanks. Thank you very much, um, um, Laura. And I think uh, that's one area of, of, of really focus that you have addressed. But looking at, at this from a food systems perspective, then we have to think in terms of the types of programs, for example, that are being implemented by institutions like uh, the World Food Program. So I really want to field um, the same question to our next speaker, but perhaps from a different perspective. So our next speaker is Saman Kalpahana, a nutritionist from uh, Sri Lanka who works for the World Food Program. Can you address the same question from the perspective of the type of work that WFP is doing? Uh, why would this approach of the end-to-end -end perspective um, valuable? How does it actually differ also from the types of approaches that you are used to in the past in your environment? Over to you, uh, like uh, yeah, I think uh, first uh, let me thank uh, Diana and Ifri for inviting WFP for this very important event uh, today uh, and uh, presenting this uh, my ideas in this panel discussion. Uh, mainly, I would uh, try to answer my questions and uh, WFP perspective and as well as Sri Lankan perspective because Sri Lanka is also a, a pilot uh, country for this project. So uh, WFP, we also been using this food uh, system transformation approach for our project, mainly supporting the nutrition and food security, and also the community resilience building and emergency response and all the areas, mainly targeting the food security. So uh, what we see the importance is this project is also is aligned with uh, this food system approach. So it's give a lot of opportunity for WFP to work with, uh, you know, the collaboratively work with this, and also to get some learning from this uh, fresh initiative. And also the uh, another important aspect of this fresh project, it has innovative and holistic end-to-end -end approach. So that's most important part which we see as a WFP. And it, it helped to understand the barriers for the uh, fruit and vegetable consumption and also mainly focusing on uh, the farm to fork approach like the consumer behaviors, engaging with, engage with production and also the food environment and also the policy environment as well. Uh, also, the, uh, we can see there are uh, unique uh, features in this fresh project, how it differs from the others, other approaches that we have seen earlier. So the, mainly the fresh project has uh, uh, it, it would help to understand the pathways of improving the both production and consumption of fruit and vegetables, like uh, through improving the food environment and policy framework. And also another important feature is that project end-to-end -end approach is, uh, uh, you know, the, through the research question, it could easily capture the challenges in supply chain. 
uh, where WFP is really focusing on, and also the food environment, consumer behaviors, policies, programs, and institutional action. So those are the important thing, and also the um, this finding from this fresh the, the fresh project would be important for uh, WFP because WFP also have some uh, kind of like initiatives, some programs we've been doing for long, uh, addressing you know some uh, food security issues through through the same end-to-end -end approach. Uh, something like homegrown school feeding program, supply chain support, and our social behavior change communication program. So I think those are the uh, same area like WFP can learn and uh, jointly work with this uh, fresh project. And also the evidence generation from fresh project is would help for WFP and other partners, uh, especially for designing a new context specific interventions with comprehensive approach. Uh, mainly address the current, uh, you know, the food issues in this current context where the food uh, almost. Okay, food it looks like we are having so, some uh, are uh, connectivity challenges yeah. with uh, um, Kalpahana. I would like to move on to our next speaker, um, who is uh, Professor Joyce Kinabo of Human Nutrition from the Department of Food Technology, Nutrition and Consumer Science at Sokoene University in Tanzania. Um, Joyce, looking from a, a different angle now, you, you are an expert in a country that is one of the beneficiaries of this initiatives in terms of that it is a targeted country. Um, from your perspective, also based on what the others have said, how do you see the FRESH, this initiative itself, as a platform to bring together different actors uh, in Tanzania around the issue of improving uh, fruits and vegetable uh, consumption from for sustainable healthy diets? Over to you, uh, Joyce. Thank you, Namukolo. Uh, uh, thank you for that question. Uh, first of all, I think I congratulate the uh, initiators of this initiative. Uh, Joyce, you seem to have muted yourself. Can you unmute, please? No, I don't know. Yes, now I'm, I'm, I'm unmuted. Uh, okay, uh, I was saying that I congratulate the team for coming up with this uh, approach of looking at consumers first, because this is something that is usually forgotten. We just go do something and expect consumers to take whatever we suggest for them. So this consumer approach, which consumers will now be driving that agenda, is a very great idea. First of all, this team will be working with fruits and vegetables. These are consumed universally, uh, different types, different amounts. But everywhere you go, fruits and vegetables are consumed. Another great thing about this initiative is their structure and organization, that uh, local and international uh, partners will be sharing experiences at local level context. And this is great because these experiences will be shared at local level. So the structure is really inviting everybody to uh, be part of this. And then the participatory design process through consultations. I think this also brings in a lot of uh, actors into action. But the potential of bringing in more actors lies on the fact that consumers 
producers, all actors in the value chain of fruits and vegetables are not homogeneous. They vary by age, socioeconomic status, residence, and have preference for certain foods and not others. So life cause consumer assessment, analysis, and segmentation will be used to understand their behaviors, needs, and preferences with regards to consumption of fruits and vegetables. And this will be followed by consumer empowerment. So it is envisaged that uh, complex networks of actors, activities, and flows will be in place to ensure consumer demands are addressed. And eventually, the eat more fruit and vegetables is turned from a colloquial suggestion into a concrete reality for millions of people worldwide in an attempt to addressing all forms of malnutrition. So I see a lot of potential for bringing in our actors in this initiative. Thank you. Thank you very much, um, Joyce. I think you said something um, in terms of uh, the participation of different actors being an important aspect of the of the initiative and that actually reminds me that i should also remind the participants of this uh webinar um, that we would actually like to hear from you and to participate in our q a session that will follow uh, the presenter's remarks. I remind you that you can submit your questions on ifpre.org, on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or by using the hashtag AskIfPri on Twitter, depending on whichever one of these platforms you have used to join us today. And then later on, we will look at as many of the questions as possible. We now move on to the next um, part of, of, of this session, and, and this is to try and answer the question of why now? How is the fresh approach relevant in today's world? We've heard about climate being a challenge. We've heard about uh, people having all these challenges of availability, accessibility, and what have you. But but why now? Why is this approach important now? So I would like to go back to um, no go back go to the next speaker being Sarah uh, Schmidt, who is advisor of agriculture research for development at GIZ. She's a plant pathologist who also has uh, plant breeding expertise, and so to you. Uh, Sarah, my question is, talking from GIZ, a donor perspective, um, what is the, the relevance of the end-to-end -end approach to today's world as you're trying to, to address it? Over to you, Sarah. Thank you. Um, I think Diana, Laura, and someone already outlined this, uh, that food systems are very complex. And we welcome very much that Fresh is recognizing this complexity and takes an end-to-end -end approach um, to realize healthier diets and production of healthy foods in, in the target countries. I think what we eat is uh, that's part of our culture and identities as human beings. And food is central to most social activities and events and how food is produced, who produces it, and what is eaten is intrinsically linked to human rights. 
Uh, every human has the right to adequate, sufficient and healthy foods. This is stated in Article 11 of the International Convent on Economic, Social and Cultural Rights. And human rights and women's rights and equality are key aspects for Germany in the fight against hunger and poverty. So since last year, we have a new federal development minister, Svenja Schulze, and she coined the term uh, feminist development cooperation. I think at the UNFSS, this was very clear. Women play a key role in food systems and without women, we cannot transform our food system. And um, I think one of the really great things of Fresh is that they appreciate that. And that's one of the few initiatives that it aligns very clearly with our goal of targeting uh, female smallholder farmers as 50% of the beneficiaries. And we also greatly appreciate the co-design process uh, involving local partners and World Veg as one of the world's leading institutes in vegetable research that also houses the world's largest public sector collection of vegetable seeds. And I think we all agree that there's no simple way to healthy diets and each country is Laura pointed out has different roadblocks and availability, accessibility and affordability. And we look very much forward to fresh to uncover and overcome these obstacles to ensure that every child, every man and every woman has access to food that is nutritious, culturally adequate and sustainable. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much, Sarah. Um, Laura, it, it seems Sarah has actually invoked your name in her remarks, so I will come to you next. Um, but from a donor perspective this time, also to ask you the same question of what do you see as the relevance of this end-to-end -end approach to today's world uh, as uh, Fresh has articulated it? Over to you, Laura. Thank you. Um, yeah, so very similar to what Sarah has, has said out, I think um, we're, the systems approach is clearly very closely interlinked with the end-to-end -end approach. Um, that's essentially from a donor perspective, we're keen to maximize the impact of our finite voter resources. And the food system allows us to do this because it has so many interlinked objectives so from food and nutrition security to growth and jobs and poverty reduction to the interlinkages with the climate and the environment. Um, and I think in a system with all of these complex interlinkages and end-to-end -end approach is really critical to achieving change because there are so many bottlenecks and with limited resources, we need to find the investments that will maximize our impact. Um, and I think Fresh is a really exciting example in that regard. It can look at a slice of the system by focusing on fruit and veg. Um, so while the main focus is nutrition, as Sarah and Diana have set out, it also has considers relationships with a number of the wider objectives of the food system. Um, so I think thinking about the program uh, and what it can achieve, it can help to identify the binding constraints from breeding to seed production, to um, fruit and vegetable production, to processing and storage, all the way to consumer barriers. And in, in doing so, it can identify the most cost-effective innovations and approaches that can be scaled to accelerate progress. And I think from the donor perspective, we're, we're always looking for the, the strongest evidence for um, where we can maximize the impact of our investments. Uh, that's very nice to hear, uh, Laura, which which really takes me nicely to the, to the next speaker. One of the things that I have appreciated looking at the, the, the countries that you have chosen is that you've picked a country in West Africa, which has some relevance to 
additional countries there. You've picked a country in the southern eastern African region, but one that shares consumption patterns also with several countries. So that part is, is actually very useful. And then I've seen also in Asia, there seems to have been some deliberateness in terms of the countries that have been chosen there. And so the next speaker, Matthew Ayanan, is a research assistant and plant breeder at World Veg Center in Benin. And um, to you, the question I would like you to address is on this end-to-end -end approach that we have heard about uh, from the others, how do you see this fitting within the work that you are already doing that is ongoing? Um, how do you see the, the relevance of it within already ongoing work? Over to you, uh, Matthew. Okay, Namukolo, uh, Namukolo, please thank you very much for uh, that question. Uh, yeah, when I hear Adriana uh, with the output that Fresh has to have to achieve within uh, three years, we have 10,000 farmers to reach for seeds, 10,000 10, farmers to reach for improved agronomy practices. And if uh, within three years we have to start from scratch, we are not likely to achieve that ambitious goal. So we need really to identify strategic projects that are already ongoing strategy partners that will really help us to move quickly and achieve that. And that is what is being done. Even from the design of the projects, we have leveraged a lot on the existing network from the ongoing project within the different target countries, which have been very helpful in refining the activities of the work packages. And I, here I want to take a specific example when we come to Benin, which is one of the target countries. Uh, we currently have a number of ongoing projects at the World Vegetable Center, like the SAFE, uh, locally produced vegetable for West Africa and the Choose, Grow and Thrive projects, which are led by the World Village. And those projects have very specific site of intervention. And what we are planning to do within Fresh is really to use those similar and um, same sites as of intervention and, and make sure that the impact are quickly reached. And that we should. Uh, avoid or we are making sure that we will be able to avoid duplicating the effort. So as we all know, one project cannot solve the complex issues that we want to address. So what is the gap or what are the gaps in those the, the, those projects are not being able to address now? And that's where we are strategically positioned these fresh activities to make sure that at the end, all those interventions we come together and have an impact and we'll be able to reach the various uh, impact we are we are targeting so that's basically uh, that strategic move in working with existing uh, project working with existing and established stakeholders network that is uh, yeah that's what fresh is bringing and more importantly is the fruit aspect most of the other projects are mainly focused on the vegetable but adding the fruit aspect is really what one of the added value of uh, of fresh in adding to those ongoing projects thank you very much thank you very much matthew and um it's it's nice to hear you 
drawing attention to the uh, to the fruits as well that really need some attention. I would like to go back to Sarah now. Um, Sarah, I come back to you because um, last year was FAO uh, year of fruits and vegetables. Um, and so some, I, I hope we learned something from it. Um, and you are now on this really supportive of the, the fruits and vegetables for sustainable healthy diets initiatives. Why is it important to continue to generate demand for fruit and vegetable research uh, from your perspective? Over to you, Sarah. Thank you. Uh, I think there are three dimensions to why it is important to generate demand for fruit and vegetables. The first dimension is uh, health and nutrition. So Joe showed this in his introductory slides. We have 800, uh, more than 800 million people that are hungry, but more than 2 billion people suffering from malnutrition. So that actually means that one in 10 people globally suffers from malnutrition. And women and children are particularly bad affected, although good nutrition is especially important for pregnant women and breastfeeding mothers, as well as children in their first 1,000 days of life. And fruit and vegetables have multiple health benefits, and Diana outlined some of them. So um, they are the first thing actually that comes to mind when we think of healthy diets. Uh, they're colorful, they have vitamins, minerals, fiber, they strengthen our immune system, and they are actually a very good way of combating malnutrition. So that's the first dimension. The second dimension, I think, is um, gender use and employment. So, I mean, chronic hunger and malnutrition above all is a consequence of poverty. So someone who is poor, has insufficient money for food, cannot provide for their own health, cannot invest in education for their children, and that traps people in a cycle of disadvantage, poverty, and hunger. And the high value of fruit and vegetables and the potential for innovation in the supply chain, in the production, in the value chain, opens very exciting opportunities for women and youth to generate income, to create livelihoods and to improve their own food security and nutrition situation, as well as that of their families. So I think that sustainable and inclusive value chains of fruit and vegetables really can allow women and youth to exit this vicious cycle of disadvantage, poverty and hunger. And the third dimension is sustainability and agrobiodiversity. So the world's food supply depends on just 200 plant species. Many of these are fruit and vegetables, although 12 species provide like three quarters of the food that we consume. And um, most fruits and vegetables worldwide are grown by small scale producers, so either for their own use or for local sale. And if COVID-19 and the Ukraine crisis now have taught us one thing, then this is the importance of local production. And um, these farmers uh, and gardeners around the world maintain a huge range of traditional varieties of fruit and vegetables that contribute to the agrobiodiversity that we are trying to preserve. Uh, many of these traditional crops and wild species are sold in local markets, and they can really help to maintain food and nutrition security and act as a buffer in disaster-prone areas and also to climate change. So I think these three dimensions, um, sustainability, employment, and health and nutrition are really why we need to push for a stronger demand for fruit and vegetable research. 
thank you very much, uh, Sarah. Um, before we go on to the to the next leg of our um, of our of our, our event, I would like again to remind you uh, about uh, us wanting to hear from you by participating in the Q and A. And again, you can do this by submitting your questions on ifpre.org, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or by using the hashtag hashtag AskIfpre on Twitter, depending on which one of these platforms you have joined us from today. The next part of our, our event is looking at issues around the question, where? Where does fresh fit in on a national and regional as well as uh, the global level? And for this, I would like to start first with uh, Joyce uh, Kinabo. And Joyce, the question I ask you is, how do you foresee the, this end-to-end -end approach of FRESH integrating into work in Tanzania? And if you can, I, I really wanna challenge you to think in terms of the transformation pathway that Tanzania has developed, what Tanzania is already doing, where does this approach fit in? Over to you. Thank you, Namukolo. Um, first of all, uh, I would like to say that uh, with this approach, I think one of the most important things that I see is consumer empowerment uh, with knowledge on the importance of increasing consumer uh, consumption of vegetables and fruits. Uh, so this is very important to have this empowerment happening. But in order to do that, I think uh, we have to use all actors who are currently working in this um, value chain. And we have ministries, we have NGOs, we have CSOs, we have uh, religious organizations uh, who are working in this uh, value chain. So in Tanzania, I would imagine that with our kind of transformation that is taking place, uh, the Minister of Agriculture and all actors, it will be very useful to have um, interlinkage. And this initiative actually introduced into this. The, the, the challenge here is that in, I was looking at the budget speech of the Minister of Agriculture, and you don't see vegetables and fruits featuring much in that. So that will be first area to push in if we really want to integrate this into that. But another thing that I, I think for sustainability is the linkage between consumers and producers. And for the first time, I think we're gonna, have, we're gonna see that. The end-to-end -end approach is linking consumers and our producers. Right now, there's no common goal between producers and consumers uh, for improving health diets. Producers produce for income and cash. Consumers consume vegetables for various reasons, not necessarily for improving health. So Fresh will attempt to bring the two ends uh, together so that they can have a common goal and aim of improving diets and health. If the two can see that perspective, the integration of this initiative will be very, very easy. Uh, and automatically we'll see increased demand of 
uh, fruits and vegetables, improved uh, seeds, improved uh, post-harvest uh, technologies, even innovations. So the two, if we are linked, which is not currently happening, producers are producing, assuming consumers will consume, and consumers consume vegetables for not for improving health, for other reasons. So this linkage will be very, very important as far as fresh initiative is concerned. Thank you very much. For Thank you very much indeed, Joyce, for drawing attention for that idea of linking production to uh, nutrition and health outcomes. Um, they're really critical and, and hopefully as you talked about the budget speech, I, I was thinking, I hope you will be looking to the next budget speeches after Fresh has been in operation for a while to see whether there's some changes there. Um, this takes us nicely to the uh, next speaker that I'd like to pass a question to, and that's back to uh, Saman Kalpahana. And, and, and to you, I want you to look at the idea of are there places along the, the fruit, vegetable, production to consumption continuum that need more attention than others in your view? I think Joyce has kind of touched on some of that, but from your perspective, are there other uh, areas that also require additional attention? Over to you, Saman. Thanks again. Yeah, I think uh, to pay more attention, I think we would see it like uh, from two fronts. One is production front and also the consumer front. So if we take the consumer front uh, first, I think mainly uh, the accessibility and affordability are the main area that we need to pay our more attention. Uh, especially in affordability, market fundamentals are the key, especially linked with the supply and demand. So we need to work on and uh, pay more attention on the market fund fundamentals uh, to see the uh, increase the consumer, uh, consum you know, con consumption of fruit and vegetable. And also at the same time, I think the supply chain also the the area that we need to make you know pay more attention, especially to uh, uh, support the post harvest loss, post harvest management, transport and storage uh, facilities. Uh, also the uh, knowledge when you say the consumer front, the knowledge of the balanced diet, the importance of the uh, healthy aspect of the balanced diet. That's something we need to really work on uh, to make the demand creation. And at the same time, the uh, on the production side, mainly I think we need to work on the area of the uh, agricultural practices. You know how to use these, you know, all these uh, quality seeds and the uh, fertilizers and other chemicals, whatever you know, water management. Those things we really need to uh, take into account. And also the uh, policy environment, also the important uh, front, uh, important for the both production and consumer front. So if it is not enabling a policy environment, then it's the production and the consumer both front would be, you know, have some uh, obstacles as uh, uh, in the food and vegetable consumption front. So those are the main area I think we need to uh, think about, uh, you know, pay more attention uh, uh, in this, you know, the uh, promote the food and food and vegetable consumption. Over. Thank you very much, um, Saman. And I think it, to go now to the, the final question I would like to ask before we go into the Q&A, um, I want to draw attention first to the fact that a number of countries, um, especially on the African continent that have developed uh, food systems transformation pathways, uh, have actually indicated um, interest in 
including traditional and indigenous foods as part of the toolkit, if you will, to promote uh, food systems transformation. And so, Matthew, the question that I want to ask you is, at country level, at country context, um, for example, when it comes to indigenous and traditional fruits and vegetables, how important is this uh, to actually address and what might be our benefits uh, from including this in our toolkit? Over to you, Matthew. Okay, thank you very much. I think the importance of uh, indigenous fruit and vegetables uh, is not, uh, I mean, cannot be overemphasized, and that clearly came uh, came out of the uh, inception workshop that we, the fresh inception workshop in Benin that we had uh, earlier this month, and uh, that's a very important area that fresh is also looking into, especially integrating fruit and vegetable into local value chains and uh, one thing we have to uh, have in mind when we talk about indigenous vegetables is that their production and utilizations are highly localized that means it's context and country specific so what we are planning to do and we have already started doing that is to have to prioritize those indigenous fruit and vegetables in each of the countries the target countries of fresh and then go next to the collection if the biodiversity is uh, endangered, rescue them, conserving them and utilizing them. The utilization can be directly in terms of promotion uh, to improve diet or also include them in, in the seed system for variety development and seed production aspects. And when we come to Benin, to be specific, uh, when we were having the inception workshop, the general secretary of the ministry, particularly or specifically uh, task fresh in terms of improving local seed systems, uh, that which is mainly used by local stakeholder or smallholder farmers, and also generating evidence to guide intervention in the horticultural sector. So in terms of fruit and uh, vegetable, when we look at the indigenous and uh, uh, indigenous uh, aspect of, of of that is very critical and i think that fresh is really considering those aspects in the project and uh, hopefully we make great impact in terms of conservation utilization and also rescuing of the biodiversity thank you I really like the idea of you adding the attention to conservation because if we lose the biodiversity, then we lose elements of the toolkit for us to even um, address the issues of climate mitigation. Um, we now move on into our question and answer uh, period of the webinar, and we've got plenty of questions that have come, so I will uh, field as many of them as, as, as I can in the uh, time that we have left. The first question I actually want to um, pass on to um, Diana, and, and I'm targeting you in particular being a lead person for this initiative. The question is from Abebo Ayale from Bahada University in Ethiopia. And he says, in Ethiopia, there are a lot of 
there's a lot of production of fruits and vegetables, but post-harvest management system is very poor uh, or none at all. So how can we act towards uh, this critical problem, uh, he asks. And, and maybe while you are at that question, if, I, if you could also um, address the issue of whether you have considered linking uh, with the livestock people, perhaps to use some of the what would might go to waste as part of, of feed. Over to you, um, Diana. Uh, thanks, Namakolo. So I can answer the first question very well. The second one might be more challenging for me. Maybe my two could come in on that. Um, but for the looking at post-harvest losses within each of our focus countries, we will be conducting analysis of the value chain losses and quantifying those and identifying what aspects of the post-harvest processing are leading to those losses. And then we will be working with kind of our midstream value chain actors in the private sector to identify innovations to address those post-harvest losses that are context specific. Uh, so that's how we'll be working on uh, the post-harvest losses. And that will be happening in each of the four focus countries over the first three years. Um, in terms of linking with the livestock sector, I we have not thought that much about it, but again, I am you know, not a production expert, so I may be wrong. Our production side colleagues may have been thinking about this, but I don't know if Matthew maybe would want to say something about that. Yeah. Okay, Matthew, then over to you. Yeah, thanks, Diana. Of course, in the project, uh, that linkage has not been explicitly described, but there are opportunities to link up and uh, both using the waste from the vegetable to feed animals and also use the animal waste to fertilize and, and enhance soil fertility for vegetable production, which is uh, should also be part of the agroecological intensification package in the World Package 3 normally. Yeah, thanks. Thank you very much. Um, the next question, I think the, the people asking questions are not choosing who they want to answer the question. So I will be going mini, mini, mine more. <laughs> the next question, I think I will um, pass on to Sarah. Um, Sarah, this question is from Lace Mycon. And he says fruits and vegetable intake recommendations are based on their benefit to health and disease prevention. However, some recent research has been showing that pesticides exposure may negate the benefits of fruits and vegetable intake to human health. How are you addressing this uh, in, the, in the work of the initiative? Are there efforts to look at this as well? Over to you, uh, Sarah. So I can, uh, because I'm a donor actually and not part of the initiative, I will just say what I think should be done. <laughs> so because I, I mean, for us, sustainability is uh, very, very important. And I think that's also part of the initiative to set up sustainable production systems that hopefully will, will come with redu reduced pesticide and uh, fertilizer use. Uh, this is a tricky line with the uh, vegetables and fruits, um, but I think especially now with the Ukraine crisis and the extremely 
expensive fertilizer prices um, anyways necessary. Um, so so that's that's my point on that. I also hope that there will be strong linkages with other 1CG initiatives like Excellence in Agronomy and the Plant Health Initiative that are actually designing more sustainable practices and integrated pest and disease um, management solutions. Thank yeah. you. So can it's, I come uh, in here yes, sure. Let yes. me go to let me go to Joyce first because she's already put up her hand, and then I'll come back to you. Um, Joyce, over to you. Yeah, thank you very much, and thank you, Sarah, for your uh, answer uh, and for this question. I think it's very pertinent because uh, really uh, the use of pesticide is just too high, especially in our situation, uh, and this is because consumers and producers are not linked in any way. So you find that uh, producers produce a certain uh, section of their produce for the market and a certain section part for their own consumption. So the one that goes to the market is the one that is heavily contaminated with pesticide or they use a lot of pesticide. So this um, idea of having a common goal of improving health and nutrition, I think will empower even producers to think that they are doing that for improving health and nutrition and diets and not for income generation. Because this uh, idea or perception that this is for income generation really puts them into that situation of using a lot of that so that they can have good quality product heavily contaminated, get high price for their produce, not knowing that they're actually causing a lot of problems to the consumers. So the two have to really be handled together to get this problem solved or reduced. Yes, an important linkage indeed. Uh, Matthew, over to you now. Yeah, thanks. I just want to highlight that the work package three, which is uh, working on sustainable uh, vegetable cropping system intensification, is uh, critically looking at that aspect and uh, yeah, how to promote uh, agroecological uh, practices that will substantially reduce the use of uh, pesticide and make sure that the vegetable that is coming out while you apply the technology that will be developed through this fresh project are safe for consumption and also environmentally friendly. So the World Package Tree is looking at that. Thank you. Thank you very much. And then um, the, the other question that's come, and I think I will pass it on to Saman. Uh, Saman, the question is from Boca uh, Erica. And uh, the participant is wondering where does the project feature uh, on integrating social behavior change communication um, from end-to-end -end approach perspective where are you what are you thinking of in terms of social change communication if at all over to you um saman i think uh, as i explained my uh, my few remarks like uh, the mainly the consumption front Demand creation is really linked with the social behavior change communication, like uh, to promote the consumption of fruit and vegetable. So we need to make some uh, behavioral change, especially uh, promote people 
eat more uh, fruit and vegetables, uh, giving them understanding on the health benefits. Uh, so and also the uh, like uh, you know some you know countries like for example now Sri Lanka we have our diet uh, we have enough fruits and vegetables available in the country but our dietary habits are traditionally it's a very high carb diet so this type of thing we need to change to do uh, through this social behavior change communication especially changing their dietary habits giving them the importance of why uh, we need more we need to eat more fruits and vegetable consumption and all the same time we can use this social behavior change communication at the production front, giving farmers uh, awareness on like how to make this, uh, you know, the get the more uh, yield and also the uh, how to make the proper post harvest management without, uh, you know, like um, wasting the much, the much of their harvest. So those two, two front, we can use this social behavior ch change communication to promote the fruit and vegetable consumption. Over. Uh, thank you very much, Saman. I would like to now pick a question from um, Chibuza Uba, who says um, he or she is a nutrition and rural development master's degree student. Um, and the question is, how can this intervention increase consumer consumption of fruits and vegetables, knowing that ordinarily, aside acceptability and cost, consumers don't really like consuming vegetables and fruits in these populations, even when cost and availability uh, is addressed. I I'm gonna ask anybody amongst the speakers to put up their hand to answer this one. Anyone? Thank you. Diana, over to you. Thanks for the question. I mean, this is really at the crux of, you know, what Fresh is trying to do. You know, we know that this is an issue. We know that regardless of how much we increase supply and address cost constraints and affordability constraints, many people simply do not choose to eat fruits and vegetables for a variety of reasons. And so, through Fresh, we will be working within each of the countries with our key stakeholders from government, from NGOs, multilateral organizations, universities, to try to understand very carefully, you know, what are the barriers within each of those contexts across the different populations and try to design innovations and interventions to try to nudge people towards healthier choices, whether that be through social behavioral change communication, the use of vouchers or other types of incentives to increase fruit and vegetable intake. But yes, there's no easy answers to this, but that's one of the challenges that Fresh is going to be working to address um, very directly. So not just expecting that by increasing availability and reducing costs that we will all of a sudden see a change in vegetable intake and fruit intake, but that we need to work very directly with consumers. Part of our strategy will be to work with women and children and adolescents who we think, you know, present the most opportunities for influencing long-term changes within diets and within households. There's some evidence to suggest that, you know, what women eat during pregnancy, you know, influences children's diets over the long term. And adolescence is another turning point when people become, you know, more in charge of what they're eating. And so working with adolescents directly to try to influence their future behaviors while they're at that decision point, I think will be important. So I think I'll stop there so we can get to some other questions, but thanks for that. Yeah, thank, thank you very much, uh, Diana. Um, 
I'm gonna, the next question, I will also leave it open for anybody to uh, indicate if they can address it. Um, the question is from Carol Brown, who says, you talk only about vegetables and fruits. What about including legumes and pulses? Um, improved nutrition, soil health, can also uh, benefit from this and they can be easily dried. So anyone that can address that question? Yes, um, I have two hands up. Let's start with the Laura. Matthew, I've seen that you put your hand and put it back down again. I will still come to you. Math uh, Laura, let's start with you. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's it's, there, there are many, many challenges and many other crops and, and foods, I think, that we could be looking at. The fruit and veg, um, from a funder perspective, we thought was was a significant gap in the R&D agenda more broadly, which is why um, over the last uh, year or so, a group of funders have gathered um, trying to think about how we can better coordinate um, R&D in these areas and to um, bring various uh, expertise together, which is, is what this initiative is, is aiming to do. Um, but it's, it's, I think it's, it's a fair point, and that's why if you look at the other CG initiatives, um, they're tackling also many others throughout that perhaps Dan Ario could speak to as well. But um, I think it's, it's a, a noteworthy point, but from a funder perspective, we felt that R&D in, in fruit and veg was um, particularly fragmented and, and needed um, a coordination mechanism to bring it together. Thanks. Okay, thank you very much. Matthew? Yeah, I think Laura um, yeah, gave the, the insight I wanted to provide. And uh, yeah, one initiative cannot work on all the crops. So there are other initiatives focusing on uh, on pulses. And uh, when we also come specifically to, to fruit and vegetable, we know that uh, they are very perishable. So that's one critical aspect uh, which is not shared by the other uh, major crop, I mean, the cereals and the pulses. So, yeah, the challenges are not the same, and it's always good to focus and have some good uh, outputs on fruit and vegetable, which are highly perishable. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Joyce, your hand is up. You have something to add? Just to add on what uh, Laura and Matthew uh, said is, uh, you know, fruits and vegetables have never been uh, given much attention, even in countries where this is being uh, uh, implemented. Uh, we don't even have proper statistics of fruits and vegetables production. So with this initiative, I think uh, it will be a wake-up call, kind of, that uh, now we can begin to see that, uh, you know, fruits and vegetables are also uh, crops that can be uh, promoted in, in countries and therefore included in the package of what we say food production in these countries. So this is uh, something that can actually work towards that recognition of the fruits and vegetables in country statistics as far as food production is concerned. Uh, thank you very much. And the last question that I will take comes from Glacius from NCSU. I have no idea what it means, but I think it is a university somewhere in the US. Um, and the question is, thanks for organizing this open event. How can land grant universities like NCSU contribute, uh, synergize to 
with the fresh program. So um, anybody to take that uh, question? Uh, Diana? Thanks for the question. I, I believe that MCSU might be North Carolina State University, but of course I could be wrong. Um, but yes, in the US, there are a series of land grant universities. UC Davis, which is one of our partners, is one of them. Um, but we do, do aim to work and collaborate with stakeholders across the world. And so I think if you are interested in seeing if there's ways to be involved or to collaborate, the best approach would be to email ifpri at cgir.org, attention fresh, and then that email will be sent to me and I can make the connections necessary. We will be having a series of uh, country launches as well. So for our partners within Tanzania, Sri Lanka, Philippines, um, and Benin, we already had the Benin launch, but we will be establishing stakeholder groups and, and we will have kind of an overarching stakeholder group and then different groups uh, matched to the different sets of activities that we discussed today. So if you're interested in participating in, in those, also please reach out uh, to ifpri at cgir.org, which you can find that email address on the ifpri website and just put a, attention fresh and I will um, pass those along to our program manager and make sure that you're invited and included. And then we will, you know, find ways if we can to collaborate uh, with other ongoing projects and uh, research initiatives. So thanks. Thank you very much. I, I, I want to take this opportunity before we end, um, Diana, to just ask you if there is any other key messages that you might have wanted to uh, to give to the participants at this stage. Um, not really. I mean, I think that I, I mean, I just want to really thank everybody and thank everybody that participated in this um, launch with our panelists, not you, Nomakolo, and Yo, um, as well as everybody who's listening online and has provided these questions. I think it gives us a lot of food for thought on how we can continue developing our initiative and paying more attention to different aspects um, and being you know, very thoughtful about how we collaborate with our in-country partners and how we think about addressing all the different issues that are key barriers to fruit, increasing fruit and vegetable intake. Um, I think one thing that I just wanted to uh, maybe emphasize is, is just that, you know, thing that I just mentioned about our upcoming launches within the countries and our stakeholder groups that we will be forming. We will be working very closely with our local stakeholders to try to very specifically develop innovations, interventions, and policies to address these different issues and make sure that they are fit for purpose for each of the different contexts in which we are working. Um, I think there, there was a question related to, you know, the policy environment and the need to really work within that that I just want to address. And just to say that we do have a work package, we're organized by work packages, and we do have a work package that is looking specifically at the policy environment and how to engage with policymakers at different levels within the countries uh, to see how we can work towards influencing the broader policy environment, including policies, laws, regulations, to make sure that what we're doing in this research initiative 
is available and, and translatable to policies, laws, and regulations so that we can try to make that more systemic change beyond the life of this project. So I think I'll just end on that and just, yeah, really thank everybody for your interest and participation today. Thank you. Thank you very much, Diana. So we've had these very interesting uh, speakers um, talking about fruit and vegetable for sustainable healthy diets and i see your is still on with us so your i am going to pounce on you <laughs> and see from a systems perspective if you have any perhaps last words that you would like to give us before we close off um well the, the i think the, the the presentations and the uh discussions i mean the panels and the and so I'm actually, I thought it was fascinating to have the different uh, groups come together. I mean, the funders, the stakeholders, the, the researchers themselves on, on this panel and get their perspectives. Uh, and so, of course, the Q&A questions as well who come in. I mean, it, they are they are asking for an assistance approach, I would say. I mean, the different ways of how the question we got, it, it's, it's, it's cost, okay, how expensive is an, a healthy diet with, with fruit and vegetables. But at the same time, also, we have to worry about the sustainability of the production of the trade of the, the whole, everything, the value chain, the whole value chain. And of course, also at the consumption level. And uh, so the interaction of, I think, the, the, the dietary issues, the health side, the environmental issues, and then the economic issues. I mean, the economic here a bit more narrowly defined. I mean, everything comes together and one cannot uh, end up with, with the, with the an outcome that we that we like, okay, unless we we looked at this as a system and we approach this also methodologically in terms of analyzing this from a systems perspective. So I think the whole discussion and the Q and A, the reaction that we get, are just confirming that the way we're approaching this, I think, is the right the, the right way, and it fits very much, I think, in our systems transformation and the resilient agricultural food systems approach. Thank you. Thank you very much. Indeed, uh, a systems approach. And I would like to finish off, I think, with a challenge uh, to all the, the, the initiative uh, colleagues. And that is the fact that this year is Africa Year of Nutrition. And we speak about improving food security, resilience, and, and better food security for all and fruits and vegetables have to be part of that story. So, Diana, you talked about that some of the next steps is going to be going to launch um, the initiatives in the different countries. And I think for the two African countries, it would be nice to be able to link that launch actually uh, to the year of nutrition to try and leverage it to catalyze thoughts around doing more for fruits and vegetables in each one of those countries. And for the other countries that are involved and everybody else, the participants, we had our UN Food Systems Summit um, process last year. Countries have developed pathways. This initiative is looking at fruits and vegetables, an area that has generally been neglected to look at how 
all the way from production to consumption, how we can do better, what type of evidence do we need to generate so that we can indeed improve consumption, improve resilience, sustain and improve uh, the biodiversity on this space uh, to make sure that they can contribute as they should uh, towards uh, nutrition and health outcomes. All of this taking a, a grand food systems approach that requires for us to look at different linkages where we might have uh, perhaps negative trade-offs that we need to, to manage. On that, I would like to say thank you very much to all the speakers. Uh, thank you, uh, Yo, uh, Diana, Matthew, Laura, uh, Saman, Sarah, and then uh, Joyce. And of course, in the back end, um, Katala, Michael Go, and others that have been supporting us to put on this event. Thank you very much to all. And I wish everybody really a very successful uh, research initiative going forward. Thank you very much, everybody.